So, Carl Weinberg's list of things that scare me the most. Let's talk about negative interest rates, negative bond yields, all right? And that's something we don't have here in the United States. But I have trouble wrapping my head around the fact that the entire yield curve for German government bonds is negative. What do negative interest rates mean? It means that you give the bank money and you pay them to hold that money for you. Right? The bank doesn't want your money. Why? Because it has more reserves than it can possibly deal with. All right? It doesn't have anything positive that it can do with your money. All right? In short, it means that money has died. Money has lost its value. Nobody wants it. A friend of mine who's a banker in London talked about a hedge fund manager coming into his office and saying, hey, I want to give you two yards of Swiss, of Swiss francs, two billion Swiss francs on deposit. All right? What kind of rate are you going to give me? He says, I don't want the deposit. He says, what do you mean you don't want my deposit? This is two billion francs of deposit. This is good for you. He says, no, it's not. He said, all I can do is lay it off in the money market, and I have to pay the money market to take it. And you don't give me any other offsetting business so I can make money on it. You don't give me foreign exchange anymore because you do it through the black box. You don't give me other transactions. So I don't want your money. Take your stinking deposit and go somewhere else. And that's what this means, but on a macro scale. The financial system investors don't have anything don't want, have any good uses for money at the margin, and this terrifies me. Notice on the chart the little inset on the bottom right. That is an outtake from our recent webinar. Actually, it's a post-production picture, but all right, fine, with full disclosure. All right? And that's me holding a bag of dirt. Now, why am I standing there holding a bag of dirt? Because that bag of dirt has a better yield than a German government bond, which is not to say that German government bonds are dirt, but it is to say that that bag of dirt purchased at the Home Depot is actually from a bigger bag, but that's about 50 cents worth. If I hold it for a year, on Jim's inflation forecast, I'll be able to resell it to the dirt market for 51 cents. Right? If I put it in a bank in Germany at negative 0.7% yield on a one-year blue bill, all right, I will a year from now have a little bit more than 49 cents in my pocket. I won't be able to buy that bag of dirt back from the market. How are we going, how are financial investors going to make money at a time like this? So while people say, you know, negative interest rates should push money out the door of the banks, right? Well, in Europe, it's not going out the door. The uh, European Central Bank has increased bank reserves by three and a half trillion euros, and banks have only increased lending by 700 billion euros over the last five years since they've been doing this easing because banks are constrained by capital adequacy requirements that they've never seen before. So banks may have the liquidity to lend out, but they don't have the capital strength to write those loans without getting in trouble with the regulator, and Europe is struggling from what the English used to call a monetary corset. They're being, the economy is being squeezed by a shortage of credit. So what are people doing with their money in Europe? Right? Well, bonds are paying negative, right? Cash is paying negative, all right? so they're putting money into stocks. And while I don't want to sound like the German central bank, all right, there is some merit, I think, to the argument that a bubble is being created by these negative interest rates that are forcing money out of cash and money-like instruments into stuff, where the first round of stuff is financial stuff, like stocks. But it should also, over a longer period of time, make people realize that holding things, holding wealth in the form of financial assets 
is not a worthwhile enterprise, they will shift into real assets. And when that happens, if the economy can't produce the real assets to satisfy that demand as people move out of cash balances, then we could get an inflation. That's a longer term story, right? Down the road, maybe two, three, or four years. Something to put in the back of your mind. In the front of your mind, keep constantly active the thought that banks have no good loans to write at negative interest rates. And if a bank takes in a deposit at a negative interest rate, right, which is to say they, uh, uh, they get paid by the depositor to take the money in, they're making a profit by doing nothing and they don't have to lend. And if the interest rate that they lend out at is zero or negative, then they reduce that profit by writing a loan. So we have a potential near-term credit crunch in Europe that compounds the current situation, which is not good at all. We have an industrial recession, and there's economic news this morning from uh, market, from their latest PMIs, which I personally don't believe in, but they confirm the story that we're seeing, that industrial production is crashing, that inventories are high, potentially out of control and subject to correction. And this is a, an outlook for Europe that is already starting on a very, very, very soft footing and promises to get work. Worse, it promises no inflation with plenty of slack. And unemployment in Europe outside of Germany is still two percentage points higher than it was 12 years ago before the financial crash. They're having a depression, if you will, a 12-year worsening of their labor market that they've never yet come back from. So this means that to me, as an economist, that these yields will remain negative for a very long time and now the European Central Bank is pushing interest rates even more negative and buying even more bonds to push down bond yields. So yeah, we've got to put on our hats. If you're a bank, you have to figure out how to make money in a world where you could have negative interest rates. There's not a lot of it, but we heard people in London talking about negative mortgage rates in Denmark. Think about that. Buy a house and we'll pay you half a percent per year on the value of your house. I'm in. I'm in. But the problem is that, A, the house is in Denmark where it's dark and cold for nine months of the year. And uh, number two, the bank's credit standards are still very high right? because the, most banks can't write loans because they bump into capital adequacy minimums uh, that, they, that they just barely satisfy. So they're solvent. The ECB says, oh yeah, 80, 90% of the banks we surveyed are above and the rest are fixing it. It's all really cool. But the banks are above by a squinch. So if they write one new loan, then they're going to be under the standard again and in trouble with the regulator. So lending is being squeezed by this regulation. If I were the king of Europe, an emperor, job I covet, then you know, what I would do is I would tell the ECB to lower capital adequacy requirements by two percentage points. That makes banks riskier, but hello, if you're a bank, no risk, no reward. You make money by taking risks on loans, and if you prohibit banks from writing loans, they can't make money, end of the banking system. That's not an exaggeration. So I would lower the capital adequacy requirement, and that would flood Europe with two trillion euros worth of new loans. Now, of course, depositors would be at risk because they created this new institution called bailing in within Europe where if your bank goes bust, all right, you don't have deposit insurance, and you can be held, you can take a haircut on your deposit for the bank's capital shortfall. That doesn't sound very nice. So take a half a percentage point of this new capital that comes out and impose a tax on deposits to fund universal deposit insurance, like we have here in the United States, and you're still releasing one and a half trillion euros into the European economy. That's great. That's just what, the, that's just what they need over there. 
But right now, without lending, no growth, end of story. Two years ago, we, we were at uh, a big fund manager in London, and uh, the vice chairman and a bunch of his guys, he was a former central banker, were headed off to Davos to raise the idea of easing capital requirements. And the banks certainly are calling for it. But the governments are not in the mood for it. You see, the, um, uh, the, the thing about Europe is, is you know, the depositor is unprotected with deposit insurance. So the only way to ensure the, the, the well-being, the financial security of the depositor, is to make sure the institution cannot fail. So this is a whole complicated structure of worldviews right, that have to change. Now, they've debated universal deposit insurance now for years, but the problem is that the Germans are sure that if they agree to universal deposit insurance, all of their fees are going to go to bail out Italian depositors. And while it is one country, it's really not one country. I mean, you go to Europe, you say, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm, I'm from the United States. All right? You go to Europe, they say, I'm so-and-so, no, I'm from Germany. Okay? So the, 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 the barriers, the borders have been knocked down, but in social and cultural ways they haven't. So the, the richer countries have resisted the deposit insurance because they don't want to get caught up in funding the failure of banks in the southern part of the, in the eastern part of the zone. So it's complicated. All right, but right now, nobody seems to be talking about it. I know it makes sense to you and me. I would do it in a heartbeat. Like I said, if I were the emperor, and they need a foreigner to be the emperor. They need a foreigner to come out and to say to all the leaders of Europe, do this, so that Angela Merkel can go back to her party and say, well, I didn't really want to do it, but the emperor told me that I had to, so we're going to, we're going to have to do it. That's the kind of, and that's worked in the past. I mean, think about Rome. All right, but... Uh, that, that's what Europeans need to really be unified. They need some kind of central direction. And it's way too democratic right now.